I've spent one night in jail. Two Dude, full you days, got though. got real dialed in just now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not No hard, long stints. I was just in and out for a yeah. while. Even after we partnered uh, up, dude, he had to do weekends for some old shit. Old uh. shit, bro. <laughs> bro, I'm, I'm old school, dude. I, <laughs> I started as a juvie and went to juvenile Ooh, detention. I did, I did go to juvie. Uh, I did go to juvie once, so, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. What am I so doing this weekend? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to juvie again, bro. <laughs> you know how I do. Remember yeah. last weekend, yeah. dog? That was yeah. tight. Yeah. I got to go serve some time, though. Yeah. You know, Jeez. literally, that's what it was. <laughs> like, bro, when I went in, all my homies were there. I got, like, into a room with one of my best buds. Mm -hmm. Hershey, Ryan Hershey. <laughs> you know what? Uh, uh, so there's Hershey, Bo Gibson was there, Seth, Tan like, dude, the whole crew was there. Our basketball team All different won. things? Uh, uh, yeah, all different shit. Oh, okay. Always, <laughs> let's just say I was a product of my environment. You yeah. are who you hang out with? Absolutely. That was, that was the concept in reality. I lived mm -hmm. it. Uh, <laughs> you know what's crazy because I cool. I watched that for a long time. Like it's fun memories. I've, yeah, I mean I've I've done a decent amount of time here and there for a, a period of about ten years, but mm -hmm. it it used to blow my mind because back then I I was a nobody. Um, I felt like a nobody. I was a nobody, mm -hmm. but I would get locked up and I would meet some very very talented individuals. Yeah. Dudes that it's like, what the freak are you doing in here? Like if you applied this energy into other areas of your life. Like you could, what about artists, 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 freaking dude, they, salesmen, some bro, of like dudes dude. that could sell anything. I'm or like distribution. How come? Yeah, they were. <laughs> they're strong they distribution. Were. How yeah. Their distribution channels, sales back? channels were deep. And they mm -hmm. couldn't stay out of the shit long enough when they got out to build a life for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, well, that just these, shows you how powerful these, habit is. There's these dudes with ego that have talent, right? Mm-hmm but they never stayed out of the shit long enough to actually turn that talent into something that is meaningful. We're in not society. recording yet, dude. We're in not society, recording yet. <laughs> You're going hard, but they, they keep on going back and, and I figured it out. It's like they go to jail, they go to prison and there's somebody in there. You could clip mm -hmm. it in. It is recording. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> the thing about it, criminals and athletes. Oh, we're gonna, we're yeah, gonna I don't know. Best I'd let, let Doug take, take the reins on this. This is Doug's podcast. Doug's yeah. podcast. Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. I didn't have a playbook starting out. I had to learn everything the hard way. The good news is you don't have to. Great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Let's get to work. They don't have to sell dirty. They're that good. Right. They could say everything crispy clean and it would, they would make the sale, but there's something inside them where they just, they have to lie. They have to swindle. They have that to do the true. dirty move. And yeah. I don't know. I still to this day don't understand it. I'm just like some, the Mosers, like some of them were really good. Like mm -hmm. there were dudes that were really freaking good. And it was like, you don't, you yeah, don't there have were, to lie. There, there were sell, some dude. big time closers, some big time top dogs that would blatantly do or say whatever they possibly could to get the deal. But they were also some of the most talented people right. that if they really purpose, like tried to clean it up and said, yo, I'm not going to sell like that. And I'm going to sell ethically. Mm -hmm. You can do it and still operate at a high, high level, potentially even higher because you feel that much better about yourself. And you're that much more confident right. with who you are as an individual right. mm -hmm. in terms of, because 
you know deep down whether or not you're serving somebody at the highest level or whether you're making the sale for you at that moment. Everybody knows that. I know mm-hmm. why I sold dirty back in the day. Why is that? Well, I was, first of all, I was just learning and I was doing a lot of what I was taught. But the second thing was like- That's not saying dirty though. I you know hated, know? well, the way we were taught was a little dirty. <laughs> well, but, but what I'm saying is you're not consciously doing it. You're just doing what you were taught. I was doing what yeah. I was taught, but- yeah. I remember like I knew, I knew these programs had a very low success rate that we were selling. Gotcha. And I remember this lady, her name was dot. And, uh, she called me up one day and, and she was so excited through the pitch and me telling her the whole spiel and the numbers and stuff people could make that she was just like, you mean I can make this and I can make that. I didn't want to like kill her dream, dude. So I just went with them. Like, I don't want, she's so high right now on this mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, she sold herself. Well, duh. Yeah. Like, duh. Like, you know, not everybody has this success. Like yeah. I just let her think it was a hundred percent success right, rate. Yeah, right. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and so like, I didn't want to take the wind out of her sales. Yeah. And so, and I did that a lot, dude. I remember that with people that get, they get so excited. I'd be like, I just can't tell them the, I can't tell them the ugly truth now, mm-hmm. you know? And then you just let them live their fantasy she, of their, I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars a year every single year because I bought a program on how to make 10 grand a yeah. month. Yeah. She called me back one day you when I mean? months later when it didn't work. And I remembered her very well. And mm-hmm. like, she was just like, fuck you like all you are is a good salesman. And you mm-hmm. just let me believe this and that. And you took my money and run. And at this point, like I have no control over refunding your money. Like yeah. Yeah. that was up to the company. You know what I mean? If I could have, I would have, because I do have a soft heart I always have. And uh, I just remember just like literally feeling so bad for her, but also kind of took it as a compliment. She told me I was a great salesman. I was, because I was, I was new at closing. I was new at closing. In that moment. I know that I still have an ego. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was the first compliment I had from a cancellation. Uh, Fuck you. You're really good. You got me. Respect. You dirty wordsmith. You. The best there's ever been. Uh, God damn it. Don't forget it, Dot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Refer family and friends. Yeah. 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 By the way, do you have any friends Uh, or family to refer me to? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They can have the same experience. Uh, Doug's got structure, dude. Doug's got some structure here. Yeah. yeah. I got got a few. few, Well, there's four of us in here. So this is going to be. You command it. You do. You take the reins. So if it's. Sounds like a locker room. It's because I got four killers in here right now. Assassins, you know, special operators. Yeah. Special operators. Like (laughs) military's got their special operators, but I got them in this room right now. Yeah. So we got to make it sound like a rap video. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Trevor Cowley. Yeah. Yeah. We got Kale Goodman. I'm going to keep it quiet for the most part. And Casey Jennings. I just wanted to. Let people know I'm here at the beginning. I'm going to keep it quiet. Okay. Yeah. Right. First of all, yeah, if, we we'll turn, see. if we turned off his mic, how much do you think he'd talk today and not even realize his mic wasn't on? <laughs> They'd still Bro. hear him through my mic. Or Bro, mic. Yeah. You would, you'd, I, I'd get my words heard. Um, but they used to do that to me at the bar when I would drink so much is they would, they would literally bring me Long Island's without any alcohol in it. Nice. And, and I would sit there and drink them and think yeah. that I was still drinking with my homies. Mm-hmm. But I drank there so much that they would be looking out for me. Oh, yeah. So you could turn After my four, mic off. I wouldn't virgins. know about it. But you could also take the alcohol out of my drink by the time I hit my eighth Long Island. I don't know that there's <laughs> nothing. Because it all tastes like water at that point anyway. Yeah. Right? Right. yeah. So... 
All right. So everybody, everybody we got here is a husband and a father, mm-hmm. you know, so let's just get that out of the way. So yeah. you guys don't have to individually all say it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, are we going to do our bio here? No. A husband that. and a father. Um, I'll do that in the notes. You guys can get that in the go. notes yeah. and you should know who these guys are anyways. So, um, I do want to highlight something though. I just got done reading the ultimate networking machine by Kel Goodman. Appreciate so, it, brother. I know I, the author, dude. Yeah. You know the author? <laughs> I can do an intro. <laughs> yeah. So why, why did you write the book? Where, where did that come from? Um, man, you know what? I think writing a book, something everybody kind of thinks about. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so when we got into apex and student was like, bro, everybody thinks about it. Like, I was like, Oh, it's normal. Everyone wants to think about it. Right. But he really pushed us and challenged us to do it. Mm-hmm. And I rewrote it so many times. Cause there's, you know, it's a really hard insecure thing. Like you're, you're, you are worried about all these critics and stuff when you're actually in there writing it. And so it's kind of a cool challenge, man. I wanted to see it through the finish line. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm big on finishing things because I wasn't always the greatest finisher in my life. Um, and so when I, when I started it, dude, I took, I took longer than I wanted to, to do it, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to help entrepreneurs, especially early on entrepreneurs, because you go through a lot of doubt, just like I was going through with the book, right? You go through uh, all these different phases, you know, and, and dude, it's scary. There was many, many times that I was like, maybe I should just go back to the job, right? Like this mm-hmm. is hard, right? But I already had these people bought in on this dream and like I had to see it through. Um, and uh, I just know a lot of entrepreneurs go through the same stuff. I know early on ones, they they go through their doubt. And I just really wanted them to understand that like true wealth isn't just a money. It isn't just a number. It is your network, right? right? And you can do massive things with the right network. And mm-hmm. I just... 90% of the business that we built was straight up off of networking before we even started trying to do marketing online. Yeah. Like that's how powerful it is. And still to this day, our best clients, our best relationships, everything are from the networking side of things. And so I just wanted to put information out there where people could have what I feel like are my strategies on mm. networking. And it really comes down to a lot of things that I cover in the book as you read, but it comes down to rewiring who you are, attracting mm-hmm. the right people to your life and being a person of self accountability and discipline. And so that's, that's really what I wanted to get out there for, mm-hmm. for the, the young entrepreneurs, the people that want to be, and, and, or even people are already in the game and they are just like, man, I want to go to the next level. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Hey, you should edit that out. That's a good promo for his book, dude. Run, <laughs> run a fucking ad to that. that Honest promo. to God. Mm-hmm. I've never been silent for that long. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I swear to God. And then I swear to God, I was over here like this on purpose. I'm like, don't fucking say nothing. It's good. Like, yeah, he's just flowing here. And I, and I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, I love how you. Have this to is talk a great like bio for like an ad for his book. I'm like, dude, yeah, he's promoting it, it perfectly. It. Yeah. To where I've already read it, but he just made me want to read it again. Well, and you you can add this too. It, it kind of has a bonus in it, right? Because. I, I didn't realize it going in. I thought, okay, you know, ultimate networking machine is going to be all about the masterminds and what he brought back and everything and how it affected his business. But really it, it was a very general entrepreneurial book too. Right. You know what no, I mean? You yeah, told stories. Just master, like yeah. go to a mastermind, meet, shake somebody. No, yeah. there was a lot of different lessons even outside mm-hmm. of networking yeah. is what I think that you're trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. There was a, that. there yes. was a, a, an Plenty. amazing story in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a, like a Hollywood story. 
You know what I'm saying? That we, you could really, you could really make a movie on. So I thought that was really cool. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate That's it my whole thing is like, okay, yeah, teach me, but I get bored after learning so much. I, w- I want to be engaged too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was able to really resonate with your story, which was cool. That's cool, man. One of the things I want to point out in the, in the book is you sold solar. Yeah. So what was that experience like for you? It was a, a very, very valuable lesson. Um, so we already had a business running, man. Mm-hmm. I went through a divorce and at the same time, everything was crashing down and I didn't realize I was the problem, right? Because mm-hmm. I was the guy out doing the networking, bringing in the business. No, and we're awesome. We're like, never the problem. Right. <laughs> and, and there was this, there was some challenges, right? Like at that time they had changed a lot of the lead laws and marketing laws online. So mm-hmm. I really started implementing a lot of um, the uh, uh, regulations on marketing and terms and conditions. And so all these guys that were creating leads out on the internet kind of a lot of them went out of business and mm-hmm. a lot of those people that bought those leads were people that would in turn send us leads. And so yeah. I was like, shit, we're going through this challenging time. Plus I just went through a divorce, but all these things just partnered up with Trev. Mm-hmm. Trev was a great sales manager. Like, and so we partnered, he's like running the shit back home. And I'm like, dude, I went from making 50 grand a month mm-hmm. two partnerships just imploded at the same time. Yeah. And I just went to making four grand a month. Mm-hmm. I was paying my ex-wife wife six, right? A little over six. And so I'm like, I'm running at good, a negative deficit. by the owner of the accounting firm. Yeah. Now I have my new wife. <laughs> I think anybody can run those numbers. <laughs> I I'd only dated for a little while. And then I met my wife, mm-hmm. got, got her, my wife now got her pregnant. We were talking about getting married anyway. Yeah. But uh, so she's pregnant. I'm starting another new family. All this shit's going on. And, uh, and I'm like, I got to make more money. I'm like, mm-hmm. Trev, you got to keep running this ship, dude. I'm going to go down and try this solar stuff out for, but I'll be home every two weeks. I'm just going to be down there for two weeks, back for two weeks. Like, and so I did that. That always works. <laughs> I pulled a fifth wheel down to, down to San Diego. I lived in it uh-huh. and I was out knocking doors morning, afternoon, night. I, uh-huh. I know like most guys down there were like, whatever, dude, just knock at night when everyone's home. I was knocking yeah. all day. Oh, I was yeah. like, I'll catch the old ladies at home that don't yeah. work anymore. And they want lower t- power bill, you know? So I was like, I was just hustling, dude. And, um, and I was well, hustling hard. I just want to buy something yeah yeah sometimes i just want to buy from a sometimes, nice yes a nice looking when young chap old and rich yeah sometimes <laughs> i just want to buy something yeah but dude i had the greatest epiphany ever when i was just busting my ass dude and and i was making sales mm-hmm. but by the time i was making an extra whatever seven eight grand ten grand a month on solar sales yeah like i was also spending a few grand a month traveling yeah back and forth so i'm like this isn't really averaging out so i had like i was just getting beat up on the doors one day really bad i'm like do i really want to keep doing this yeah you know, and so, break even. and I was good. I was all right. But I was like, man, I miss my family. Mm-hmm. And if I was working this hard at home on my business with yeah. Trev and Jer, like we'd hardly be out of this fucking slump we're in. You right. know what I mean? Stay focused. But yeah. part of me wanted to do door to door sales. Cause I'd never done face-to-face sales. I've okay. always done phone sales. So I was kind of excited for that challenge. Yeah. Once I overcome that and I knew I could do it. And then I was just beating my ass, like beating myself to, to death, mm-hmm. like on these doors every day. Like, I was like, I, go home. I just want to go and be with my family, dude. And like, I can work this hard at home and get us out of this rut, you know? Nice. So yeah. that was like one of the best lessons ever that came from solar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't sit here on your podcast and give a bunch of door to door guys at the game yeah. because even though I was good at it and I made sales, all I did was work hard. That's yeah. it. Like, yeah. That's it. And, and and that's the truth of it. So many, so many salespeople in general think, oh, I'm only going to call when everybody's home. I'm only going to knock when everybody's home. Mm-hmm. But if you knock at those other times, if you call at those other times, you know what I'm saying? Like you still get a quarter of a sale a day. A quarter of a sale equals six sales a week. Yep. You know what I mean? Or yeah. I'm sorry, three sales a week. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. accurate. 
um, three sales a week. So that's increasing your, your, uh, income by 30%. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it's nothing to shake a stick at just cause you didn't get a sale that day. Doesn't mean you won't get one. The well, next, and you lose you know? deals sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was always thinking about them. Like I got to mm -hmm. get, I got to get another deal because I might right. lose one out Keep of the six I got full. this week or seven or whatever, you know? So yeah, yeah, man. So, so that's awesome. It was, it was cool to learn, to learn about that. But the way I wanted to run this so everybody can get like their input in and everything, because, you know, there's some big personalities in the room, you know what I'm saying? Is <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> a little, is a little Q&A. Is it my turn yet? <laughs> is it my turn yet? Are we going to turn my mic back on here? yet? Are we going to, are we going to talk? <laughs> All right. I've been so, waiting to do that. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do a little firing squad. You know what I mean? Um, mm. And we'll just, however you want guys want to come at it, whoever talks first, Trevor. So uh, what's your biggest close ever? My wife. Okay. I had it in my notes. Not your wife. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the rest are easy compared to that one. Holy yeah. shit. Getting a good, honest woman to, uh -huh. to agree to marry me and have a family with me. Good mm -hmm. Lord. Um, you know, if we're just talking business, um, you know, straight up, like, like Trev talked about earlier today, mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Lerner is a huge affiliate or okay. referral source of yeah. ours. And, um, I developed a very long-term relationship before mm -hmm. with him before we like tried to, and we put a lot of effort into that relationship and it was before he was even doing anything massively big, just knowing that like it would be big. Now he's an affiliate that we pay close to $2 million to last year mm -hmm. just in referral commissions. So imagine how much we made, right? Yeah. Imagine how much volume we did off that one relationship, exactly. you know? And so it was a very long game. Like I became friends mm -hmm. with him, dude, from family therapy. Like he was wow. going through blending a family and getting out of a bad relationship. So mm -hmm. he'd already kind of met his wife and, uh, I had just ended a family. Um, mm -hmm. obviously I'm a single dad now. I hadn't met anyone to, to, but we were a part of a group. This is the mm -hmm. first mastermind I was ever a part of, Yeah, but it was for self-development. It the was for therapy machine, you know? And so, okay. um, dude, I learned so much in that room, mm -hmm. but I met Jeff in there and we went to a few barbecues and we became friends and I figured out what he did for a living. And then we started geeking out on business all the time. And then he, we got him an office in our office and we just developed a long-term relationship, bro. Mm -hmm. We put like five years of, of, just developing a relationship before we even started making good money together, yeah. you know? And so, and, and now if we add it up, it's something that, that that's a relationship we've probably made. It's the biggest close you've ever made. Yeah. yeah. So, and I just want to point out that like, so yeah, many, it's hard to quantify that dude. When, mm -hmm. when you're, when you're now, it's like a one-time close. When, yeah. Like, yeah. It's just hard. Just in general, when you're now doing business and you have, you know, mm -hmm. deals where you're investing into different businesses that yeah. are a quarter million dollar investments Mm -hmm. Um, you know, convincing people to work with you or want to take your money. Like some of the people that we get to do business with now. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's so hard to quantify a question like that because, mm -hmm. you know, you could also say the biggest close ever is yourself. The battle between you, the old you and the new you. Can we drop these mics? I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's that's for real. Mm -hmm. The biggest yeah. close that you'll ever, ever make is the fact that you, you sell yourself on greatness. You sell yeah. yourself on passing up, you know, the, some of the things that you could have today for a better tomorrow. And you mm -hmm. have to actually believe when you're going through the shit 
that you're going through it for a better tomorrow or else you just won't survive. So you have mm -hmm. to be somewhat delusional and sell yourself mm -hmm. this false thing that doesn't even exist yet that you believe wholeheartedly will exist with everything that you have. So you make those sacrifices. That's the close of the fucking But it century. does exist, mm -hmm. bro, because when we're all little kids, we think we're great. And we sell ourselves out of that for so long. We have to resell ourselves very back true. into 100%. it. It's and what you true. said is exactly spot on, dude. Like we're, we're so programmed to not believe in ourselves that, mm -hmm. you know, like eventually you've got to you sell got yourself to that sell ultimate yourself. close yes, of like ultimate that old me, man, that little kid that wanted to be the astronaut or whatever. Like, dude, I'm sure Elon Musk had to tap into that shit. You I'm know more, I mean? more the greatest closer. If you want to be a great yeah. closer, you, sure. dude, you have to sell yourself that that's something that you want more than anybody else wants it in the organization or in the, whatever it is that you do. Mm -hmm. And you, your actions will then follow that only up to the belief that you really have that X would happen if you do X, yep. right? Because if you kind of don't believe that if you put in those extra hours or if you did, if you kind of don't believe that it'll be worth it, it just isn't, there's a possibility that it might not happen. Mm-hmm. The greater that possibility that you believe that it might not happen is the greater possibility of you not following through with the things that you should be doing in order for that goal to be accomplished. Amen, dude. And on the flip side or, or, or on the same side of that. See, like, I like this perspective. Yeah. Right here. I can think differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, different. It's, it's, it's different. different. It's I've different. never been so happy to be interrupted before. Yeah. And I see why Trev does what he does. <laughs> yeah. That was beautiful, dude, man. Thank really. you. Yeah. Brother delivers the messages like. Oh, my gosh. The, the same thing that it takes to make us great are the same things that can destroy us. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, as an addictive personality, Oh, mm -hmm. 100%. Like, it to, to be, not being content with anything in your life. <laughs> to yeah. be a great, so yeah. my wife tells me all the time, she, she you're never satisfied with anything where you're yeah. satisfied. Yeah. I won't, and I don't want to be. Yeah. I do not want to ever be satisfied. But you know that it's that, can I, can I stop you for a second? Yeah. We're using this for a real business owners episode too. <laughs> Sounds, <laughs> good. Oh, for Sounds good. Do it. Because yeah. it's too good already. I yeah. think every single great entrepreneur, every single great salesman absolutely has to be their own worst critic. There's no way to be great unless you are your own worst critic because mm -hmm. you cannot rely on what other people tell you and their feedback mm. to push you from within. Sometimes mm -hmm. people so, lie to you and say, good job when it's not a good job. I've seen and, and it as a parent down, in the fucking stands. Some people believe yeah. it, but deep down, those of us in here that are fucking hustlers and closers and good at it, we fucking know when they're bullshitting us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We fucking know when we have to do better. And it takes that ability to be our own worst critic that it, that makes us great. But if we're not constantly, you talk about having to sell yourself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to do it fucking daily. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. Daily. Yeah. When you're your own worst, no doubt. Dude, this, question. No doubt. this morning I, I went through this morning and I posted about it. You know what I mean? And I know it's silly because once I got in this room, it was over. You know what right. I mean? To do that sales training with your guys this morning. But I did this oh, morning. I was psyching myself out, dude. Oh, really? I was like, what am I going to teach these guys? You know what I mean? Like they do millions of dollars a year. And you came in and fucking crushed it. By yeah. The way. Like, yeah, but as soon as I got in up. here and I started chopping up with the guys, that was gone. Just, it was yeah. over. But yes. I had to sell myself this morning. That I was going to come in here and kill it. Oh, I just did it, bro. I was out in Florida for Kent's event. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, man, these guys are all seven and eight figure investors. Cason saw me stressing. Yeah. And then like literally, and dude, like I woke up, I practiced and practiced and practiced. And, uh, I woke up and, and, and this is a longer talk. Like I was supposed to go like 45 minutes plus 15 of Q and a, yeah. and so I'm, I'm going to be up there a full hour and it's hard, bro. A full mm -hmm. hour is hard in front of a group like that. And so, um, finally, dude, I, I forgot that I do this, but, um, 
finally I just was like looking in the fucking mirror and I was like, what the fuck are you tripping about? Yeah. You got this. And like, finally all my nerves went away, dude. And as it got closer, I got less nervous to my time mm-hmm. going on stage, yeah. you know? And it's like, you, sometimes you do, you just got to fucking tell yourself, man, like quit tripping. You got this. See? You're the see, best at what, what you what, do. What did, what did he do right before he went and did his sold thing? Himself. He sold himself. Your ability to sell yourself is, is your ability is a direct correlation to your ability to have massive success. The better you are at selling you on some shit, hyping yourself up in different situations and scenarios Mm -hmm. that other people can't overcome or sell themselves to do. I'm so self-critical. It's going to be a whole lot harder for me to sell myself to me than it is for me to sell myself to you. Yeah. So if I can overcome that selling myself to me, I got everybody else figured out. Yeah. It's That's game over. But, but also the, 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 the problem is with that as well. Uh, when you're, when you critique yourself highly and you do fall off the wagon, you're not honoring your routine. Your fucking holes are mm, deeper than the average deeper. person's hole because you're, you over critique already. That's why you're a high performer. But guess what? High performers get down too. Mm. And when they get down, they get down, down it's, it's yeah, because they're, they're yeah. harder because they critique themselves so hard. And then they get upset that they're down and they critique themselves that they're down. And then they now beat themselves up just because of their down. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and then, and then it keeps getting worse and worse. And what happens is eventually that high achievers like, hold up, I'm kicking myself while I'm down. I know what I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then, then you create the structure that you need to pull yourself out. Mm-hmm. You give, you throw a, you throw a challenge in front of you just to wake yourself up, mm-hmm. just to get you back. Right. Something that's going to be non-negotiable that you have to follow through with just to find the old you again. Sometimes you got to do that to pull yourself out. It just 100%. is what it is. hundred percent. Dude, how the hell yeah, that's it. That's all I got. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> how the hell are we going to follow this up? But I'm I'm excited to see how we do. Okay. Oh, so, I got more, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got some shit we can throw out. What's a what's I a just, mistake? Such, yeah. Early on that you made as a sales leader. What was that first mistake? No, not first, but what's a mistake that kind of oh. stays with you that you made early on as like a sales leader, a leader of men and women selling. I would say. Um, uh, learning, learning how to create a standard, you know, um, and, and hold the standard. That's a very mm-hmm. difficult thing to do. Cause I like fucking around and goofing off. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was a big time goof off. Uh, and then year by year, I got a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more discipline. I still love going around, giving dabs, giving love, goofing off every so often. But, um, you know, back in the day I'd ride around a scooter around the office, fucking rapping, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I was a team lead, like, That's, that's not a good example. So like, I just really, it was more of like a, more of a title thing. And and it didn't mean anything to me outside of me feeding my ego. Mm -hmm. Right. Because when really you have that title, you should be somewhat pretty much egoless and want to be serving the people around you at the highest level, correct. Mm -hmm. At the highest level. So if it's only just serving your ego, that ain't, that, that ain't a, that ain't a good look, uh, because then you're not going to perform at your highest in order to get the most out of those individuals. And if you're not doing that, then you're doing all of them a disservice, right? You're doing the company you're working for uh, a disservice. And so I believe I was doing people a disservice early on, um, by not showing them a certain standard. I think I was talented enough to, 
have the gift gift of gab and be able to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe I didn't necessarily have to have the same standard as some people yeah, in you order didn't, to do it. I mean, call, call it what it is. You didn't have to work as hard. I, 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 I wouldn't, phone, I wouldn't have to work but, as hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the fact is, um, not everybody's me or right. you or you or whatever. Yeah. Right. Maybe they have to work as hard. So mm-hmm. I was setting a false precedence of what's possible with lack of work ethic. Right. And I think that that was a huge mistake early on. Uh, I see when I was sales dubbed a leader, but I, I didn't deserve any of that title at that mm-hmm. point. How about this? How about putting somebody in a position of leadership beneath you within the company that didn't necessarily warrant it or deserve it just to fill a spot that was needed to be filled. Yeah. Cause we've, I've made that mistake before it winds up hurting the person that you promote because mm-hmm. you get to, yeah. that you have to demote them. Yeah. But it also hurts the culture of the entire company because other people mm. inside the company see that person get promoted. And, you know, deep down, everybody knows that maybe that position is not warranted and it can be, it, it can cause culture, sour yeah. grapes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I'll but go on the, no, I'll go on the flip side of that because I'm actually been talk, um, crafting almost like a talk about this, right? Um, phases of leadership. I want this to be one of my talks when we, when we talk to our groups and things like that, but, um, developing other leaders, man, like, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't fully ready for that. You know what I mean? Like Trev, Trev worked for me for years. Right. Um, and there's other people too. And it's like, you, you play a role in that leader. And then when they get better than you at certain things, right. Mm -hmm there's this ego that kicks in and you almost want to, you almost mm-hmm. want to tear that down. You're you like, want to grab oh, back. this is uncomfortable, yeah. right? Like what the mm-hmm. fuck? Like, you know what I mean? And so like, he, he's outselling me. It's like, Kaysen's a, a badass leader. Like I could have got my ego in the way and been like, well, I actually don't like this guy here. He's actually selling better than me. This, yeah. you know, this subconscious mind. Right. And I'm, I'm super grateful that I have uh, always like really worked on self-awareness to be like, man, what I ask myself, like, man, what are like, like what, what, what is this insecurity I'm feeling? Like, mm-hmm. I'm aware of it enough to be like, okay, oh, I see. That's my own shit. Right. Like I'm making something out of not something trying to tear this person down instead of celebrating that I was a part of developing that leader. And instead I'm like trying to tear him down because I don't want him to be better than me. Like that's some bullshit. Right. And yeah. I'm like, so glad that I, I catch that shit because we should be, if you develop somebody and you're a part of that development to be a great leader and then and you're not aware enough to, to just celebrate that and actually be proud of, of your role in that. Like you're going to have a hard time building a massive organization or a badass team Mm -hmm. because of, because of that ego. Mm -hmm. I want to touch on that for a second. Now that you bring that up because your hands all over it, but I think, yeah, (laughs) but you know, I think that's something that all of us that have, have raised through the ranks and gotten into leadership positions and where we're at today, I think all of us have probably gone through that mental battle as the company grows of what if this person turns out being better than I am? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I've realized as I grow and put, you want them to hundred percent because as they become better leaders, they take on a lot of my roles. I'm able to focus on other things and I'm able to grow even more. Mm -hmm. Well, my, my integrator brain thinks about, all right, that's a tool though, too. You know what I mean? So yeah, you get fulfillment from raising other people up, but also like, that is a conversation you have with people coming in about yeah. coming into your opportunity, whether it be 50 grand a year or six figures a year, you, you get to tell that story about Kaysen that came in and killed it. And then mm-hmm. we taught him leadership or we, you know, taught him how to grow basically. And he, yeah. he came up in the company and now you have this story that you're able to tell. 
And then imagine when you have 10 of those stories, right? You know what I mean? They're going to be knocking down your door, right? You know? And so developing people and, you know, letting them grow within your company or outside of your company. I always tell people like you come into my company, you make a bunch of money, you invest it, you do the right things with it. You start your own business. Yeah. You are a freaking golden poster child for me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's, I want entrepreneurial type people coming in and, and cutting their teeth in my business and then moving on to do bigger and better things. Absolutely. Hell, I'll even partner with. If them, you're starting you know a company because I mean? you want to be the man, you want to be the white knight on the horse all the time. You're going to have, you're going to hit a ceiling real quick. Yeah. You want to build a badass team that's going to take you to levels and them to levels that you would never even dreamed of 10 years ago. Like you better be really humble in mm -hmm. that fact that if you develop great leaders and they become greater than you at those certain things, yeah. you better just get out their way and, and stay, you know, not stay in your lane or whatever, but like, you know, you've got, I got leadership strengths that like Trev don't have, and he's got leadership strengths. I don't have like that should all be celebrated. Right. Like, and, and like, Hey man, keep dominating in that area. Cause you've got some natural gifts there. And like you, you just, you crush at that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Trev delivers amazing messages. So when we started this podcast I'm just like, Fuck, he's good. Yeah, I felt, I felt insecure. I felt insecure for a long time, dude. Yeah. Like, and not not a real long time, but quite a while. I was like, "Fuck, man, I just don't think I I can really speak as good as Trevor." But I'm always wanting to get on stages and get better at it, you know. Yeah. And I don't want to touch this thing. Yeah, I talk for more than like five though, minutes. I don't nobody's listening it. to me, and then I watch Trevor talk. Oh, I'm telling he's you, he's like on a 25 minute rant, and everybody's still just like, "Yeah." I'm oh, telling yeah. you, dude. Trevor has the like, like I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, you know. Take someone like Dave Meltzer. He's a cool dude. He delivers mm -hmm. great messages and, and he's good on stage and all that stuff. And then you take someone like an Ed Milet, you know, mm -hmm. and you're just like, man, like Trev's got that talent. He does. It's in yeah. him. And when he starts getting on more and more stages and he, mm -hmm. he delivers messages like that, he, he'll be one of the biggest in the game if he decides to. If you have to prepare it though, I feel like it's not, it's not going to happen for you. You know what I mean? You're a Q that's, and A that, guy. That, that, yeah. That's what I struggle with, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I struggle with for, for me to a certain extent. And again, I could be completely, I, I know I, I'm wrong to a certain extent. Um, but to me, it, I, if I, I feel like if I over prepare that it's, it's not real as mm -hmm. much like, you know what I mean? Like that, that's that, that even our podcast, dude, yeah. our podcast, like we don't have notes. Dude, that was we one don't of my do most not, natural we don't, yeah, Guest like we, yeah, dude, we, we just yeah. don't do it, dude. Yeah. Like half the time, we don't even know what we're coming into this room for Nick to we, Nick watches us go back and forth sometimes. Like, what are we going to talk about to, and it's just all natural. Yeah. Right. That's how I'm used to doing but it. But you need to give yourself a little credit, bro. Look at yeah. what you developed for the invisible beat extension company. Like you developed that whole that whole you develop you prepared that talk oh, yeah. that we've I done do over that. and over again and yeah. you crush at that oh, yeah. so like yeah. what i'm saying is if you're ever like <laughs> yeah, if you're ever like hey i want to be a, <laughs> that was different it's like i, I forgot about that i'm just one. saying yeah. if he wanted to be yeah. a tony or an Maybe ed I'm level right. you could prepare amazing talks to go give and then and then you could always do your q a and you can always do Dude, your on fly because you're brilliant at it who's not being impacted because you're telling yourself that story that you don't want to do that that's bullshit man we are doing it though yeah with, through rbo it's yeah, not yeah. like, like i've gone out and i've okay. spoke for easier you know county I, mean? I do all these like, things he's yeah. gonna do some amazing stuff with real B, uh, rbo and and the events that we're planning on throwing and those are it's only gonna come some youtube video is gonna go viral you can answer some question for some kid and it's over. Yeah, it's gonna be like Gary Vee three years 100, later. 150 grand. Like, yeah, you changed yeah, my life, Cal, man. Yeah. Like yeah. minimum 
speaking fee. Sure, like, you know, get, anyways, quit, about, get the spotlight off. Ho- hopefully, he don't forget about like us it. then. Usually, I like it. You guys are putting heat on me, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's pressure. true, though, bro. Like, uh, I, I, that's just yeah. an example, though, of like, when, I want people to know that are like, I'm a leader. Okay, some people mm. don't know they are, but when yeah. you start a company, you're a leader. Like people are coming to you. They're looking to you to make decisions. They're looking to you to help elevate them. They're so like get used to like trying to show up every day and be the best that you can be. But Mm. as you start building your team and you start developing leaders within your organization, you better celebrate and you better celebrate yourself for being a part of developing that leader. And even if they do get better than you in areas. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's like Mm -hmm. just one area. I'm like, man, I feel insecure with Trevin in some areas because I'm like, he's fucking better than me. Yeah. And I didn't like it. You know, for a minute. And then I was like, no, you know what? This is going to take us to another level. A billion times better of a networker than me. You know what I mean? But when he gets in a room, that's the backbone. But when he gets in a room, he works the room better than anybody. I'll play the long game better than anybody. He'll work a room better than anybody. If we getting in, we getting it in. (laughs) I think we had this conversation already. And there is a partnership though. And you know what? When you can figure out what everybody's strengths are, and understand what your own weaknesses are and then utilize your partner's strengths to, you know, pick up where your weaknesses What's are. What's my that's, weakness? That's I a dangerous combo. That yeah. <laughs> What's my weakness, bro? Uh, you work for us. You see, you uh, see us from calves. our perspective. Yeah, okay. legs. This is turning into yeah. something different. You stay cut up. I see him at the gym every morning. Yeah. I've never What's seen him squat. Weak- yeah. Never What's seen him squat. Yeah. What's your weakness? Obviously, legs, bro. Yeah. yeah. Never do yeah. squats. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. <laughs> All right. I'll work on it. Yeah. I'm so, going to do squats tomorrow morning yeah. just so you can see. Oh, man. So we'll, we'll really back in here for you guys. Okay. So. Oh, did we go when, too far off? No. Uh-huh. That was that was awesome. <laughs> when and why did your first sales team explode? Uh, when and why? I'll, I'll, I'll kick this one off. Okay. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I quadrupled my recruiting budget. Mm. I had built the machine, which was bringing in salespeople, yeah. training them, yeah. onboarding them, developing them, giving them the opportunity structure, and then creating the, 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 you created a system to get them from A to Z. Yeah. And once I realized and blew that it's up. done, yeah. you know what mm. I mean? Now I was like, okay, let's, let's turn Volume. this recruiting up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying let's pay the guys referral fees for bringing in their friends. Yeah. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's blow this thing up. You know, when we mm-hmm. went from 2.8 to 4.8 I love in that. one year. I love that. So I, I would say for us, um, or on my perspective, we got real, um, serious about our core values, right? Okay. Because dude, like, and I've talked about, it, I've been open about it for years, man. We ran like a smash and grab type company. It was all about mm-hmm. getting the sale, getting the money. Right. Mm-hmm. But when we developed these last five years out of the 15 years I've been in business, like five years were, we were like pretty shitty, right? Like as far as how our, uh, our values were right. Middle section is getting better, but these last five years, and we got really serious about core values and making sure people are living up to those and, mm-hmm. and doing our best at that. Um, all of a sudden our sales with ethically, we're selling ethically, we're selling, we're trying to back up everything. And mm-hmm. still to this day, sometimes we let a customer down, man. And it's like, yeah. it sucks. I hate getting that message or whatever, but like we do everything we possibly can to make, to make right. sure that we go above and beyond for people. And, and, uh, like sometimes we create bottlenecks. We don't know it until we hear about a problem, 100%. but we mm-hmm. always make it right. And I'm telling you that is the best lead magnet in the world too, because when people are just out there referring you because like, damn, these guys followed through, 
especially in something like accounting, bro. Like they get let down. 90% of our customers come because they're having a problem with their current accountant, yeah. you know, and it's communication and this and that. So when we show up for those people, all of a sudden it's compounding into sell after sell after sell after sell. And, and it really is because we changed us into believing like, hey, if we're going to really play the long game, we got to have some core values that we got to stick to. And I think that's been huge for us, especially these last few years. Okay. Um, state the question again. <laughs> so, Kaysen. I, I, yeah. Um, no, for real. At a, what was the question? It when was, and why did your first sales team explode? Let, let's go back to before easier accounting. Were you a, a leader in, in sales before easier accounting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me about one of those teams when y'all just like blew it up. We didn't really blow it up. That was the problem. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's what, that, the, the, I mean, the team that I was running when we were running, uh, I mean, we were doing like two to 3 million, bro. That's mm-hmm. not like, that's nothing. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that blowing up. Well, you know when you go I mean? from like, 500 to a million, you know what I'm saying? Like something clicked, right? When you go from a million to here's Here's million. the deal, dude. Like what really changed, um, in my perspective is we we stopped hiring off Craigslist. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. We actually started hiring people that had zero opportunities. So we hang out at the jail when they get bailed out. Yo, do you want an opportunity? They can't get hired anywhere. They're a damn failing. They're, they're married. No, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, yeah you're coming to work for us. I have believed him. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. (laughs) For real. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the difference. When you, when you, when you stop just managing people mm-hmm. and you build relationships with people, mm-hmm. that's when you can go from good to great. Right. When, so people, sometimes people would, would rather, I might, I might want to make case, I, this sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good for me and it feels good, mm-hmm. but it also feels good when Kaysen says, good job, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, and, and, and it's meaningful there, mm-hmm. not like a transactional, like I'm your manager, you're underneath me. Good job. Right. Like you're making me look good. Good job. Right. right? It's different. Like right? I'm happy for you. Yeah. When I manage people, I manage them out the door, bro. Micro, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and they get sick of it and then they, they want to go. Yeah. Right. Just a little too hard nosed, but you watch too many movies, you know, you think yeah, that's exactly. what the boss does. Basically, you're saying it, that's what the boss does. Lift people versus manage them. You're basically training them. To now they want themselves. to do good to, to make you proud correct. because you've done they some start good in their lives. They don't need to be managed built, by you. Correct. Mm-hmm. You built them up and now they want to prove right. you right. Right. So my, my VP of sales is Wayne Skinner. And the, the uh, compliment I always give him is he's one of the greatest counselors I know. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's obviously, uh, he went through addiction. He went through recovery. He's like 18 so years recovered. So when people have a problem, they go talk to this individual and he helps them through the, and finds yeah, a solution. And, 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 and it so creates this amazing loyalty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's not a blind loyalty. It's a like, hey, you genuinely gave a shit about me. And so I want to go to war for you. You know That's what I'm saying? Well, I, I mean, I did that with Casey in the second he, mm-hmm. he showed up. Yeah. With, I don't even know however many collections or whatever. We worked through. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> I remember you got on the phone with the hospital, dude. So they, oh they they've owned a freaking credit repair company for what seven eight years at that point. Mm. And we pulled up my credit. I was like, bro, like I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but someday I just want to have my own family. I want to be able to buy a house and all this shit. But like I haven't filed taxes in nine years. You have your own or, family now? Yeah, I do. You, you buy your house? Beautiful. Yeah, home. I got multiple houses now. Yeah, you got a uh, freaking mm-hmm. horse, man. And I got a horse. <laughs> but this dude right here, um, one day he pulled up my credit and he's like, damn. 
I've been doing credit repair for a while. This is literally the worst I've ever seen. And then he pulled out his checkbook, personal checkbook. He's like, hey, we're going to take care of this for you. I was like, dude. What? Dude, oh, they jumped on the, he jumped on the he phone with him, reduced a bunch of collections. And then, then I told him, I was check. like, bro, like, that means the world to me because I know you didn't, wouldn't have your checkbook in front of you if you weren't really going to write this check. Mm-hmm. But I got the money at this point because the opportunity you've given me, I don't know what to do next or who to pay off. That's right. what I need help with. And we yeah. did it. We sat in his office for probably a whole day that day. He just worked yeah, through all over, that shit. over the course of probably like a week because there was callbacks. And yeah, mm-hmm. we were, by, I was bringing bringing them by down. the end of that week. Yeah, I had nothing in collections and everything paid off. Mm-hmm. Clean slate, start rebuilding it. It's like, and, so, and you know, it's so not the that, first time we've done it. We actually yeah. have written those checks for people, and like, yeah, you know, even when we had to get uh, 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 one of our guys in a home had never owned a home, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just this last year, we bought you, we bought a townhouse cash because it was a good deal. And he, he didn't know what he qualified for yet with how mm-hmm. fast things were flying off the market. There's no way yeah. that he would have been able to go to a lender, get his, you know, and be able to start doing offers and all this stuff. So, uh, I think Kel saw the listing agent was like, yo, I went to high school with her yep. or whatever. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'll call her right now. Um, and called her or whatever. She was in that therapy group with me. Oh, there you yeah, go. Well, that's where he built it. Mastermind yet. ever. Yeah, I'm good, bro. Hey, I get the end of this at all. One of us going to have this, to go through a divorce again. The so. biggest <laughs> lesson in all of this is go to a therapy group. Draw straws. You're going to draw straws. One of us going to come back to this group. Yeah, so yeah. sorry, wives, uh, if you're listening. Hey, it's going down. But guess what? He's saying that they're winners or whatever, still in contact with them a little bit. Obviously, those are people that are investing time, effort, and energy into themselves to figure themselves out to try to get better. You know, yeah, so that, true. that does say something just by itself. Greatest right investments there. we make her endorse us. But homeboy needed that. And so he calls her up, whatever we say that we'll pay X cash for mm-hmm. that. Right. So we did that, mm-hmm. you know, we bought a cat and then not only do we do that, we didn't want him to go in there with an old AC unit. So we replaced the AC unit. Yeah. Um, there was no washer and dryer in there. So we put a washer and dryer in the unit. Yeah, we had, to, for all we had, to, we had to wire it and plumb it for washer and dryer. Yeah. There wasn't even the plumbing wow. in there. Yeah. Um, and so we said, well, if he did, at least it gives him a place to stay. Because mm-hmm. his, his parents were moving but back he, to Florida. He's a key player. He's a clean yeah, employee, key bro. And he was like, I got to go with my family back east. Um, I don't got anywhere to go. Yeah. We made sure he had somewhere to go. Yeah. And he went and got the loan and and paid us back. Uh, in that deal, we actually lost a little money. We ended up losing a few hundred. Yeah, wow. but, and, and that's what I was going to say. Like, you got to be willing. You got to be willing to lose yeah. on some of that. Yeah, stuff, we lost you know a little saying? bit on the deal, but we gained a lot. I mean, I'm yes. keeping that guy. Yeah. I've loaned yeah. out money. I've bought people stuff. I've co-signed stuff. Yeah, that was a crazy one. But you got to be willing to lose on that stuff and understand. Mm-hmm. Hey, everything's not going to work out. You're not going to get a case in Jennings out of it every time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's true. Like, We've been burned a lot. Yeah, but we still do it, man. It, but we that's why you know you're doing it genuinely, yeah. and it's not to get an ROI. It's because you know that's what you want to do as a human. Well, nobody knew cut. if Casey would fall off the wagon three months later, six months later, and mm-hmm. be an addict again. Yeah, right. And you, nobody knows that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that for certain. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was new in the company. I don't know what his true emotion is and intentions are his thoughts are he can mm-hmm. say all the right things all a lot of addicts say the right things yeah but we could have done that and he could have been up could, in the night i don't i, I didn't know case will be the case in that we see today mm-hmm. uh because he's developed a it lot. should literally be one of our company's slogans i mean we've never said this but it's like we, we, we believe in people you know what i mean like, <laughs> we do man cases. we do <laughs> cases like no you don't <laughs> there's only one of me dog <laughs> you build some maybe Case and juniors, but no yeah, case. Yeah. Yeah. 
So one of the things I like to pride myself on is our training and our ability to, you know, cause we, we've always had clients, right? You guys fulfill your own product, right? But we've always had clients. So the client would come to us and say, Hey, we need, we need your cancel rate to go down to this number. You know what I mean? We need, we need you to sell this product more. You know what I'm saying? So I always kind of prided myself on being able to go in, develop a training plan, execute and hit those numbers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Do you guys have any similar situations in which you've been able to go in and, and do that with your own products and kind of, you know, you're talking about bringing a, a very high level product to the market next year, or maybe even this year, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Have y'all had any stories like that where you've been able to execute on that? And then how did you do it? Um, I mean, we track DPLs and, you know, we have st standards that we set. And so we definitely like to get people up to those as quickly as possible. We're, you know we're I mean? always trying to figure out how to close at a higher rate and more efficiently. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you go back in the back, there is uh for how many leads that they were given, what their numbers should be that week. That's the DPL dollar per lead, right? If, mm -hmm. if anybody's listening to this and you're in sales, you don't know what that is. Uh, switch careers. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, but there's, there's like percentages that these, this person's 10% above their DPL or 20, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we're trying all those metrics are tracked. And then there's the six week average of, is this person on average hit greater right. or below, mm -hmm. you know, and then that's kind of the standard. Your DPL is your standard and that's right. how you're measured. Either you're hitting above it, you're hitting right on it, or you're hitting below it. The people that hit below it, you know, end up it, having some office talks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Closed doors conversations. So what we used to do and one of the strategies we used to take is like, okay, sales numbers are great. You know what I mean? We're going to bonus you at this sales number, right? But then we're going to do a 2X multiple on that bonus if you hit this cancel rate yeah. and this product count, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And this percentage on, you know, so we would always kind of play with the metrics that way to determine Damn, you got to be fucking genius to understand. Yeah, Rain Man. Well, metric. Rain Man over here. So you're telling me if I did it? Yeah. Hey, bro, we have a millionaire's club and we just get everybody into it. Yeah. And trust me, I like to keep it simple too, but I also... I also know that when you drive those things, they'll those focus metrics. on them. Yes, yes, and, and it's 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 typically short term. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, hey, I got. Why do they cancer. drive themselves on that? Do do you do like um, some cool recognition for that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's so, important to people. So we would have an award for every metric. You mm. know what I mean? We okay. would have the the uh, highest quality award, right? So that's the guy with the lowest cancel rate, right? We'd mm. have a, a a highest commission per deal award, right? You know what I'm saying. So we would kind of like categorize those different the things metrics. that were important yeah, we to the company. And you yeah. know what it does? Like the top sellers typically are the talented ones. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. aren't paying attention to all that crap. They're just getting on the phone and going or knocking on the door and making it happen. Right. Right. So it, it, it gave rewards to people that weren't often rewarded. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they were the steady eddies. You know what I mean? They could actually determine what their metrics would turn out to be. Yeah. They could, twist up their pitch instead of just going and slamming a few doors or slamming some phones, you know what I'm saying? And so it would bring recognition to people that didn't often get recognition yep. because mm. they were getting their ass kicked in, in yeah. sheer volume. Mm. It's important, man. Um, when I worked at the accounting firm, I just worked for, right. Mm -hmm. um, doing sales. I came, I remember I came in um, like last quarter of a year and uh, I saw at the Christmas party, someone get handed an award and highlighted at the Christmas party with the plaque and a little cash and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so next year I was like, I'll be that guy. And I worked my ass off. I tracked everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. To make sure I was ahead of them all year long yeah. because I didn't even want the cash, man. I just wanted the award. And 100%. I wanted I wanted to be the guy in front of the entire company 100%. getting that award. I wanted that recognition. That's because you're the, your the biggest best. critic. 
Yeah. Didn't even have to have the thousand dollar cash bonus with it. I just wanted that. And so we do that here. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Cause that works and it works in every company, every sales culture. You definitely got to create those DPLs and tracking measures and you got to raise those bars all the time. Mm -hmm. You got to give the recognition. You got to give the recognition to the people because they will fight for it. That's more important to them than the, than the award, than the cash bonus or whatever you get Mm -hmm. with it. So, so I want to, I want to drop something because it, it, it impacted me a lot last week and, you know, I used to do this and I stopped doing it and I shouldn't have, I, you know, I went with the popular model, which was results driven, uh, results driven metrics. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, I did a podcast with, uh, Mike Claudio last week and he said, I, I don't go off results. I go off of actions. Right. Mm-hmm. So how many, how many phone or how many calls did you make today? You know what I'm saying? How many leads did you follow up with today? You know, what are your actions? And he goes off of those, right. To create the minimum standards. Right. And the minimum standards aren't the results. The minimum standards are the actions. Right. Because he knows that anybody can go in and slam a few deals and, and meet the standards. Right. But it's the ones that are taking the actions every day that get the results right. that end up, end up being successful long-term. Right. right? And so he tries to develop the discipline within his reps, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, or when he's coaching some, a business owner, cause he's, you know, he sold Verizon, he sold construction and all that. So it really was about the actions that they were taking in order to get the results versus the results. Yeah, you know? absolutely, man. Well, we had, I, I mean, there's like back results in the, show up. well, we used to post also like back in the day, but this is a, this is a different company that mm-hmm. we had. Um, we'd post up, their daily dials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you could see homie over here has 300 dials in a day mm-hmm. and somebody had like 70. We still do that. Right. You know what I mean? So nice. we, are we doing that back there? Are yeah, we tracking dials? Yeah, every day. I, I know I, I was, when I was salesman, you know, that's some of the stuff I was, you know, always hitting the gun every Monday, floor. you know, starting to print out <laughs> shit hot oh, on the press okay. and print out, they're, you know, yeah. their dials for the week, the average, you know, the numbers, their average, like they're, everything. There's so much opportunity behind your, your actual work ethic because, mm-hmm. and, and not just everything that you do no, no. inside the office, but the investments that you make into yourself outside of the office. How many times have we seen, I mean, we've all been in sales for a long time. We've all managed sales teams. How many times have we seen a guy that's just a God gifted, talented salesman mm-hmm. that just comes in, he don't have to work that hard and he can smoke everybody. Mm-hmm. And you get some new guy that comes in off the street. It's not the most talented salesman, but that dude is on the phone all day long, just grinding. Mm-hmm. And within a few months, he's beating that dude that's just, yeah. And it's just a little bit at a time mm-hmm. to the point that that dude that's, you know, talented and, 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 and has just that gifted ability to sell isn't even noticing how quick that dude's inching up to him. Yeah. And then it becomes the habits that allow the guy that's not as naturally talented to beat the naturally talented salesman. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. guys with those And I habits, love watching that happen. Yeah. The guys with those habits is yeah. what you build your company around. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause 100%. I, you know, I was doing a, a podcast with Sam Kaufman the other day and uh, he's in our apex group and he was saying, but wait, you like the average guys. You said you built great sales teams. And I said, great sales teams are built from average guys because you can duplicate that. 100%. You can't duplicate that super talented dude. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? But I can bring someone that can walk and chew gum and at the same time and teach them how to sell and then I can do it again, yeah. again and again and yeah. duplicate that process. And that builds a great sales team that's going to smoke. Yeah. Well, the naturally individual. talented people don't listen anyways. Yeah. Try, try talking about that. They're, already, the prodigy they're, they're already um, good well, enough to see results. So why why would they take your advice? So they never right. get better either. Right. What, what were you saying? 
I was saying you, you've talked about that a lot with just like the prodigy guys. Like, you know what I mean? They oh, come yeah, in, yeah, 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 it's like yeah, BJ yeah. Penn, bro. Yeah. Prodigy dude, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. But I, we started getting his here. ass whooped real quick in the UFC because he Their wasn't he couldn't work. He wasn't putting in the work. He just like he was just resting on his talent. Mm-hmm. On his, I call, I, on his natural had, ability. We, we had a sales rep here. Yeah. I called him that. Mm-hmm. He's he's no longer here, but um <laughs> Y'all know who it is. Yeah. Uh shout out. Folex. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he definitely listened These to These guys bought podcast, me a real so. Rolex, no, and the no. next week he showed uh, up with a fake one, uh, <laughs> saying it was real. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna put this on real business owners too. Yeah, I know. I'm we're gonna. We're gonna have you. both. So he. Yeah. He might. He might hear it. Uh-huh. Um, it's all good. You know. Still. Still love for that individual. And, 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 and at the end of the day, let's be real. We were real with him. Hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We called the spade the spade, and he knew deep down that it is what it is too. And it was what it was. And he just chose not to make any of those adjustments. I took about a billion times said, man, if you had a work ethic behind your talent, you'd be dangerous. Cause if mm-hmm. you're as good as you are naturally with as lazy as you are, mm-hmm. you could be one of the greats, right? Like people can be good at something either naturally or people can be good at something through hard work, mm-hmm. but the grades greats, they're somewhat talented at something and they've mixed the hard work in with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Tom Brady had to be somewhat talented at football to even play college football. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he still got drafted really late, you know, uh, yeah. in, in the game. Mm-hmm. And, but he ended up turning out great. So obviously the he, there was, there was mm-hmm. ever, right. Mm-hmm. But it was his work ethic that got it done, sure. not the talent. The talent does, there has to be some talent there to reach a level of legend of greatness, mm-hmm. but never without Progeny's never ethic. become a work legend. Ethic without the work ethic is the difference maker right. in every aspect of right. anything that you ever will talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that dude left practice to go do more practice, yeah. more drills by himself. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's Bryan, the shit you practice, do. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan. It's the shit you do when nobody's mm-hmm. watching that will make you a legend. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But they said the same thing about Kobe, you know, up at 4.30 when practice is at 6.30, he's already in a full sweat by the time. I, but yeah. he was already greater than everybody else. Why would why would you be greater than everybody else and still want to have a great work ethic? Because he knew what at, it took to get there and didn't like, want to dude, lose it. Just is, it is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. The greats are always developed through hard work. And I know for a fact that there's probably some very talented salespeople listening to this right now. And you you have this this a God given ability to sell. It's just natural to you. So you everything, all the advice falls on deaf ears. All mm-hmm. your, you know what I mean. And, and, and and you can, you can accomplish what other people uh, can accomplish in half the time. So you have half the work ethic as Mm -hmm. they have. Um, If you ever want to be somebody ever in life, you're going to have to figure out that work ethic thing. You'll have to figure it out. Your talent can only carry you so far before the world fucking stomps you out. Yeah. That's just a fact. There's somebody that's hardworking that's not as talented as you right now that will eventually meet your ass 10 years down the road and fucking stomp your ass. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. That's the game. Outwork everybody else. You know, hopefully you have a little talent behind that so that you could see greatness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so uh, just to kind of wrap up on just being an entrepreneur in general, you know, I, I, I think people like, always say, Hey, I'm a business owner now, or I want to be a business owner. I want to start my own business because they think that anybody can do it. No, you don't. And, and (laughs) like, it's not that, you know, 
It doesn't bug me that they want to. It bugs me that they don't think it requires talent. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I, my talent very early on was the ability to recognize talent and to use it to build the company. You know what I'm saying? I knocked doors for three months and then I replaced myself with a sales rep. And then I trained other sales reps and then I replaced myself with a trainer and then so on and so forth. That was my talent to, to work myself out of a position every time. And so by the time I was 25 years old, I had a $5 million company, right? Yeah. But somewhere around 26, 27, mm. I rested on my talent. You know what I mean? And then, and then, like you said, you were the, filling yourself. I dude. was filling myself and the world hit me in the freaking mouth. Well, every time. Yeah. It hit me in the freaking mouth. And then the next couple of years, I kind of rested on that talent some more. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I walked into a freaking mastermind and I'm like, I ain't shit. Yeah. And now I'm going to have to go back to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, here I am 10 months later. And one of the first podcasts that I listened to was a real business owners podcast. You know what I mean? And so this is so freaking cool to be here with you guys right mm. now. And 10 months later have put in all that work or, and be at this table right now. Mm. Yeah. That's just amazing to me. Ah, That's dude. powerful. Dude. Glad you're here. Yeah. That's yeah. powerful. Dude, that's every time I've been punched in the mouth is when I rested on shit too, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, and that's just same time, same time when I had to go down and knock doors in solar, bro. It was, I didn't realize it at the time I had gotten comfortable at a level. I was allowing Trev to run his area, Jeremy run his area. I wasn't doing my area. You know what I mean? I was like, mm-hmm. uh, we got all these affiliates and referral partners. What happened when they started falling? I yeah. should have never been so comfortable. I wasn't out trying to get us more business. We didn't have to go through that. If I would have done my part, I was the guy that didn't do my part that brought us all down, not completely, but to a level where we had to rebuild. And there's a lot of lessons in that, but every time you rest too long, you will get you something. The universe will do something to kick your ass it's, and, and hit the reset button. Well, I think the people that rest, uh, that, that have a higher likelihood of resting are the people that are naturally talented. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, like, yeah. like, like, think about it. Like yeah. if you got to a point of six, like good success based on soul work ethic, mm-hmm. yeah, that's ingrained in you to a certain extent. So you probably just keep going like a Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. that's just his met. That's what he wakes up and does yeah. check this box, this box, this box, this box, this box. This. And he just does it consistently every day. His work ethic has carried him into, into greatness and he's never faltered because he had to start with work ethic in order to get mm-hmm. what he's got. So some of us guys that are naturally talented, you know, we can get to a spot and get, because we don't have the habits yeah. of success yet. Mm-hmm. It's, easier to fall off of that perch that you're resting on just due to your talent. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think 100%. Tom Brady's going to do now that he's retired? He's going to probably go crazy, dude. He'll do, he's going to have to find something. He's going to go play yeah. baseball. Yeah. 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 He's got to find something quick. He's going to play he's baseball. Gonna, he's going to go pro golf. Have you Have y'all seen that clip of Arnold Schwarzenegger where they ask him like, why do you still work out? Yeah. And he's like, why do I sleep? Why yeah. do I eat? It's just what I do. It's what I 100%. do. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Love it. And, so I agree with that a hundred percent. Like if the way that you came up was hard all work, grit, all hard you know? work. And, and don't get me wrong in my twenties, I worked my ass off. You yeah. know what I mean? But once I realized like, Oh shit, I'm like talented at this shit. You know what I mean? That's yeah. when I was like, uh, God, you fed your ego myself. a little bit, yeah. a little bit and your ego tells <laughs> you, dude, you're a fucking stud. You ain't got to work that hard, bro. Yeah. Pull back, play, yeah. enjoy the fruits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. He you sounds right, really dog. good coming Let's from him. Let's enjoy the fruits. <laughs> I want to enjoy the fruits again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. I'll tell you what, 
and I, and and this is this isn't a lie. This is probably one of the best podcasts that I've ever recorded with a group of individuals. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm not. I'm Look, not. That even, means you're the, That means you're a great like, interviewer, I'm being, Doug. I'm being yeah. dead ass serious, bro. Yeah. I'm being dead ass right now. It's been great. Yeah. That's why, like halfway through, I already knew that this podcast was special, mm. and I and 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 I ain't fucking around with a special podcast. This podcast should not only be on Real Business Owners Podcast, it should just be on every podcast nationwide. You know how they do the State of Union address and it's on like every news channel? Yeah, absolutely. This podcast should be on every podcast that Amber exists. Alert out with this exactly. Podcast. On a certain day, we just take over all of them and they press play on anyone. <laughs> it's it's this one. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, I believe it has the ability up to- prepared. No, no, dude, I, <laughs> bro, I, I believe it has the ability to have a large impact on, on a group of individuals that aren't even, that have nothing to do with sales just in general. Yeah, it's been because great. we still talked about things, you know, such as work ethic and yeah. some of these other things, you know, and, mm -hmm. and the talent stuff doesn't have to just be in sales. Somebody might be, you know, a talented oh, plumber. So many people are resonating You know what I mean? It, Somebody yeah. might be a sure. talented- you know, whatever. You might be a great right? leader, but not a great sales yeah. person. Like, you know what I mean? Right. You know, there, there's just so many different takeaways. Yeah, we might have used some examples of an industry that doesn't, uh, isn't involved in the one that somebody's listening to, but everybody could take the extract lessons throughout this entire thing that has the ability to impact them in a great way. Right. Uh, and I believe that wholeheartedly, or else I wouldn't fucking say it because I haven't said it before on any other podcast. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. It's great. No, thank yeah, you. Awesome, appreciate appreciate you having us yeah. on. I have a ton of gratitude for you guys. So I appreciate y'all. Cool. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.